The goal is that ultimately your future is the thing predicting your daily behavior, not your past. That little nugget from Personality Isn't Permanent author Dr. Benjamin Hardy in his conversation with Hal Elrod on the Miracle Morning podcast. Tune in to hear more from Dr. Hardy on how to best invest in yourself for success, why hope and purpose are key elements for a meaningful present, what keeps you stuck in the past when planning for the future, and how unresolved trauma can freeze your personality, preventing your ability to change. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. What if I told you I have something shiny and new? It's 10 easy steps to a new and improved upgrade that's you. A few simple hacks is all you have to do. Just take this course, buy that program, read this book, hire that coach, try this practice, do this exercise. Now follow that guy. No, follow that girl. Oh shoot, no wait, chase that squirrel. Down a rabbit hole and back again. Oh no, here we go again. You're a project that has no end. Like Humpty Dumpty trying to put yourself back together again. The end. Sound familiar? It's my never-ending story. I'm always on the hunt for a little self-help hit. And like an addict looking for their next big score, I just need this one last thing before I'm ready. Or actually, you know what? Maybe one more after that, and then I can start. Start dating. Start a business. Start connecting. Start speaking up. Start saying no. Start saying yes. Start my car and go. But no, not even the car will start. So then I stop. Stop before I start. Because in my head, it's already failed. Failed to be perfect. So I failed to start. And perfection? She is a biatch. And whenever I drop this podcast, I think, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said. What was I thinking? Why did I just post that? And then I lay in bed, and I toss, and I turn, and I think, should I just delete it before anyone hears? Because, I mean, no one even knows, right? And honestly, who do I think I am? vomiting my mess of a message all over the unsuspecting women of the world? What did they ever do to me? And no one wants to hear about my wild and crazy, not so wild and crazy, non-existent sex life. And you know, my daughter and I, we went for a walk in the park the other day, and I saw some pretty frisky looking geese out there. So yeah, even the birds see more action than I do. So I was in a coaching call the other day and the topic of perfectionism came up because, well, I brought it up and the coach said, I shouldn't worry so much about it because people are in their own heads thinking about themselves and no one's even thinking about me or whether or not I'm perfect. Wait, I'm sorry, what? That's just plain crazy. No one's thinking about me. Is this guy for real? (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. But of course he's right which only makes it worse when I procrastinate out of that need for perfection because no one really cares. Except me, of course, when my shit doesn't get done. And if you think about it, am I ever really ready? Is there ever really the perfect time to do the thing 
go after the goal, pursue the dream, leave the guy, date the guy, quit the job, pivot in the career, create the life. It's great to have a plan and prepare. You need that, but nothing will change if I spend all my time getting ready for a date that I never actually go on. I've done my hair, I've put my face on, I'm dressed to the nines, and now it's time to hit the club, so to speak. Because in the end, I still have to take action. No one can do that for me. And no amount of preparation can completely protect me from the fear and imperfection of trying something new. But they also can't predict the self-confidence and satisfaction that comes from taking control of my life, having agency over my future, and gaining the freedom that goes with it. So if I think about where I was just a few years ago, it's actually a complete 180 from where I am today. It might surprise you to hear that I'm a very different person from who I was back then. It was right before my divorce. I really hate that word. And I remember the utter chaos of emotions I was feeling. I had just left my home, my family, everything I knew, and moved down the road to a shipbox apartment and live on my own for the very first time in my life. Oof, my heart's beating faster just thinking about it. And let's see, what did I bring with me? An air mattress, my daughter's old pink and orange Ikea blanket, a few of my belongings, and... I don't know why I chose this number, but two plates, two spoons, two forks, and two knives. Did I think I was going camping? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> so as you can imagine, my confidence and self-esteem, they were through the roof. <laughs> and I remember looking around that tiny little place and thinking, Tracy, what have you done? What are you doing? Have you lost your damn mind? And I don't know, maybe temporarily I had. Maybe it's just what I needed in order to do what I did. Of course, hindsight being 2020, now I look back and think, <laughs> I tell him to get out and find a place because, yeah, okay, I probably still wouldn't do that, but I sure as hell would take at least four plates, spoons, forks, and knives and a nicer blanket. Yeah, that's right. I'm crazy like that. But I can tell you, had I not left then, I never would have because I would have never been ready. There was never going to be this magical, perfect moment. And all the self-help motivation and inspiration in the world, it couldn't have helped me in the long run if I didn't make my move. Eventually, I just found a distraction or let too much time pass and that window of opportunity, it would have closed. Because the short-lived, I don't know, call it what you like, courage, crazy, desperation, temporary insanity, it would have passed. And would you look at me now? I have a big girl bed with two, count them, two full sets of silverware. What? Yeah, I'm basically a baller. And this leads me to who I've been reading, listening, and obsessing over recently. He's my latest guru of choice, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, PhD, and author of Personality Isn't Permanent. The man who has me looking at everything I do in the present through the lens of my future self, understanding that my personality is constantly changing and who I am, even those short three years ago, is not the person I am today and that the past doesn't predict my future, unless, of course, I allow it to. He's also got a great free 30-day course on his website that I'll link to in the show notes below. But it's got me thinking, where do I want to go from here? I mean, I can only get so many sets of silverware. What's left after that? Does it only go downhill from here? Or can life get better after cutlery? I don't know. 
Obviously, I could upgrade at some point, and what I have now, it will eventually wear out, but what do I do in the meantime? These are questions I ask myself, and I think Dr. Hardy would say, start designing the person you want to be in the future and begin living in alignment with her now, aka become the architect of my personality, creating her with purpose and intention. And if you've ever seen the 1985 movie Weird Science, where two crazy teenage boys create the woman of their dreams on a computer and bring her to life, it's kind of like that. Minus the bra on your head, or not, whatever floats your boat. I'm not here to judge. And of course, the emphasis being on your inner game versus the outer. And if you remember the episode with Sam Ovens a few weeks back, you can go and re-listen to his interview, but he has a great perspective on creating the person you want to become, and it falls right in line with Dr. Hardy's. And he gives some awesome advice on how to do just that. I want to hear uh, just any thoughts that you have on how, if someone right now sees themselves as less than, you know, I'm not as confident as I need to be. I'm, I'm not as happy as I'd like to be. I'm, I'm not as capable. I'm not as smart. I, whatever their identity is where it's less than, how would you advise somebody to step into a bigger, better, more beneficial identity for them? Yeah. I think one helpful exercise is to recognize how different they actually already are from their former self. Just like thinking about all of the ways in which they've changed in the past three to five to 10 years, just looking at who are you now versus who you've been like that in actively looking for, it's kind of like the whole idea, what you focus on expands, but it's like actively look for the things that have improved and changed, target your focus on that and Mm -hmm. where you're at and just recognize that you're not the same person you were in the past. And also then recognize that you're not going to be the same person in the future. And so the first step is honestly just taking the time to openly imagine like hope. Hope is a crucial concept. Have you ever read the book Man's Search for Meaning by Frankel? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. Like what Frankel said is, is that without hope and purpose for your future, you can't have meaning in the present. And then it, the present just sucks if you don't have anything to look forward to or hope towards. And what Frankel said is, is that basically what we need is a freely chosen task, a worthwhile goal. So from my perspective, purpose in the future isn't necessarily broad. It's more a freely chosen task. Yeah, it can be broad. It can expand beyond this life if you want. But I think just pulling it into like two to three years into the future, openly just taking the time to imagine and think about, maybe write about in your journal, where would you like your life to be? Who would you like to be? What would you like your circumstances to be? What would you like your day-to-day life to be like? What would you like your core relationships to be like? Who would you like to be in a relationship with? Just like taking the time to frame out your future self and your future circumstances and what, what you're up to and what you're doing. There's a lot of cool research in this realm. First off, Daniel Gilbert, he gave the TED Talk, The Psychology of Your Future Self. He's a Harvard psychologist who spent a lot of time studying this. He says that the major reason people don't predict their future is because they don't spend any time imagining it. Instead, they just spend all their time remembering the past. So this process is about imagination. And imagination creates the foundation for hope, which is really helpful. The second step is viewing your future self as a different person. There's a psychologist at UCLA. His name's Hal Hirschfeld. And what he studied is when you view your future self as a different person, you can then make decisions here and now based on what your future self would want rather than what maybe you want today. Because sometimes your own current preferences could actually be to the detriment of your future self. You know, like I may want to just sit on the couch and eat donuts all day, right? Like not really. But, and so 
when you view your future self as a different person and you've clarified that, you've imagined it and you've constructed it and you've given it structure and form, then you can make decisions here and now, intentional decisions based on what your future self would have you to do. You know, that's, I think, why I love your book, The Miracle Morning, and about affirmation, visualization, journaling, because it's like you think about who your future self is and then you put yourself in the frame of mind where you're moving in that direction and then you can take action, intentional action rather than being subconscious, right? And on autopilot, where you're just operating based on your current situation, you're actually taking action often courageously or intentionally towards your future self. And that's how you build confidence. I guess another really big one, and I'd be interested in your take on this one, is once you've actually defined your future self, and obviously your future self will change as you expand or as you go through experiences, but once you've taken the time to define where you want to be in two to three years from now, is to openly acknowledging and admitting that to other people. You know, it's almost like being public, but being, if that's who you really want to be, at some point or another, you've got to stop hiding it. And so you might as well start telling people about it right now because that can then become your new narrative. Yeah. When you start telling people who you want to be, you're not overly defining who you currently are. So now you're creating a new opportunity for new behavior. Hmm. Everybody listening, actually do what he just said. If you need to rewind it, do that, or I'll give you just a quick recap, right? Actually pull out your journal, your computer if you need to, right? And schedule 30 minutes to do this today. Do it after you listen to the podcast. Imagine and write out what you want your ideal future self and future circumstances to be like, right? That's how you create a better... Three years from now. Three years. two, whatever. Whatever time frame you want, but two to three years is pretty great. Okay, so two to three years from now. And that gives you enough time. There's a little buffer time, right? One year is a little bit like, uh, I'm, I'm not in the place where I can change everything within this year. But if you've got a few years, you have that buffer time where it's like, all right, I, you know, that's enough time for me to grow, learn, grow, evolve, you know, become better. And then start talking about it. Start talking about it to yourself. That's why for me, Ben, you mentioned after, you know, Miracle Morning affirmations for me are the most important practice. And they're not this, I am great. I don't do them these, this cheesy just feel good in the moment way. But to me, it's actually where you design a blueprint of the life that you want, who you need to be to create it in terms of the qualities, the characteristics that you need, and what specifically you need to do. What we focus on becomes our reality. So when you read that every day, you affirm that every day, and you feel that every day, and you talk about that every day, well, all of a sudden, that becomes the new reality. And like you said, most people are living in their past and seeing themselves as who they are now based on who they were before. But if you do the exercise that you just talked about, now you're shifting from looking backward to now to looking forward and bringing the future into your present action. So I love that. Yeah, I mean, the goal is ultimately that your future is the thing predicting your daily behavior, not your past. Unfortunately, what most of the research in psychology has shown is, is that the best way to predict a person's future is by looking at their past because they're not doing these types of things and they're not being active about their identity. You know, but what you're doing with affirmations and these morning routines, which I love your work, dude, by the way, and morning routines to me are one of the most fundamental things that a person needs to do if they want to actively create a specific and chosen future because it's in the morning that you're literally setting the stage for your identity for the moment and your behavior for the moment. So I love this. Thank you, buddy. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it's uh, great work, man. Yeah. Well, I actually saw you at a video a few years ago on you know morning routines. So I didn't watch it yet, but I'm like, he probably just talks about the miracle morning the whole time. Of course I did. I don't yeah. need to watch it. <laughs> uh, all right. Talk about what are some of the other pervasive and uh, let's say destructive societal myths of personality? Is there anything else in terms of our personality 
how society defines it, the myths, the, you know, what are the things that we should be aware of that we can incorporate into our daily living? I mean, just the major, I mean, the myths are more concepts than actual principles to live, but the myths are primarily that it's hardwired, it's innate, you can't change it, it fits in types and categories, it, it's something you must discover, you know, that's something that, it's like the whole passion thing, you know, like Cal Newport talks about, you know, the whole problem with passion, you know, and that it's something that you have to find rather than something you cultivate, and I think people are looking for themselves rather than choosing a freely chosen task or a freely chosen future self and actively becoming that they're passive, you know, and then they take passive measures like having a personality test, give them their identity. So it's not something you find. And also I think the other major one is, is that it comes from your past. So a lot of people, when they're trying to understand themselves, they look to the past to try to figure out elements of who they are. And that's, I guess it could be useful to some degree, or I'm not really sure. I mean, people who are advancing in their, in their life, they don't require the past to dictate their chosen future. But also there's something super important about the past, and that's that the past actually changes all the time. A lot of people think that the past is the thing causing the present, but the reality from a memory perspective is that the, the present is actually causing the meaning of the past. We always reconstruct our memory in the present moment. And as you grow, as a person and as you change your views of former experiences change and that's actually super healthy like you know you're someone who's incredibly good at this you choose very intentionally the meanings that you give to experiences whether it be car accident or cancer or like you choose to view those in specific ways you don't you don't let those events dictate who you are today you choose how you view those events and that's a really important process of meaning making is choosing better meanings for traumatic experiences or former experiences or even present experiences that you can choose to re-narrate the past and even choose to remember it differently. And if you still view a former experience the same way you did many years ago, that probably means you haven't truly updated your perspective too much, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Mm. One of the most over used adages is everything happens for a reason. And I just, I, when I was in my car accident, I went, I went, well, wait, it, isn't it my responsibility to choose the reason? It is. Right? Instead of a hundred percent. Why did this happen to me? Why did this isn't fair? Why do bad? I go, wait, that doesn't serve me. Well, I, I need to choose the most empowering reasons for the challenges that I'm facing. And I think that for all of us, right, we, we can't control, you know, a lot of things that happen to us, but we can always choose our response. And what is the meaning? What is the reason that we give it? I want to ask you about it kind of related to what you just talked about with using my car accident cancer as an example. When it comes to trauma, how does trauma negatively impact your personality and limit your future? You're being, you know, anyone's. Yeah. Well, I mean, if someone hasn't actively chosen the reasons for it, as you encourage people to do, which literally is psychologically bulletproof. I mean, I, it's so good what you've described there. But I mean, if you haven't done that, so there's two concepts here. In psychology, one is called refractory period. A refractory period is the amount of time it takes to emotionally recover from an event. So someone cuts you off on the road, you know, nervous or whatnot, for like a few minutes or even a few seconds, you can recover and get back to your day. But if you're still not recovered from an event that happened several years ago, if you're still being impacted by it, then that's that's a challenge. You know, that, that means that you haven't addressed it and chosen to move on. You haven't given it a reason or you haven't chosen what to do with it. It's still inside you. And so 
that's a challenge. There's also another concept and that's that there's an initial reaction and the initial reaction is not necessarily to be judged. You know, like we all have initial reactions to events and usually trauma is something negative that happened where you had a negative emotional experience and then you created a meaning that was limited based on who you are. You know, you, in psychology, we call it a cognitive commitment, but you've made a commitment. So like if someone tells you you're bad at math or if you fail a test and it just, you know, it sucks, you know, or if you fail a speech, whatever it is, and you have a negative experience, then often we create meaning in those events and those meanings impact our identity and they limit our potential in the future. Because usually with trauma and trauma, by the way, is any event that's negative that impacts your identity. You know, it could be as bad as having cancer or something like that. It could be freaking just failing a test and then defining yourself as someone who can't be good at math or someone, or if you're told you're ugly, like any negative experience that shapes who you are and how you see the world is trauma. And there's a really good book on the subject called the body keeps the score. But basically what he says in that book is that trauma freezes your personality. It stops you from emotionally developing because personality and comfort zone are pretty similar concepts. Hmm. And so what happens is when you get stuck in the past, you become defined by that past. And trauma shatters your hope and imagination for the future. It shatters your emotional flexibility. So instead, you become unwilling to deal with uncertainty. Instead, you become defined by the past, defined by some event in the past, and you become unwilling or unhopeful towards the future and unwilling to handle the emotions. And so, you know, that's why it stops you. (laughs) And the only way to deal with it is that you have to actually face it handle it, deal with it and choose a new meaning for it. But that that's a courageous and in developmental process, but you have to ultimately become better with your emotions to move forward as a human being. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. I, uh, and without going into too much detail, as positive as the meaning that I chose for everything that's gone on in my life, I've recently, it almost in my changed the meanings. No, that's the weird part. I haven't changed the meanings. I've just been, I've had challenges with in the last year with a lot of what you just described, which is anxiety, depression, fear of all of these things. And what's weird is I don't understand it because I never once felt sorry for myself over the cancer. I never once wished it didn't happen. I was every day, I was like, God, thank you for this cancer. And thank you for the the lessons I'm going to learn and the growth I'm going to experience. And I just think I might still be in the midst of that growth by going through all of this. But I wanted to ask for me and for anybody listening, how can someone move on from trauma? Is there a self-help process? Does it require, Mm -hmm. you know, is it purely, nope, you got to do therapy? Uh, You know, what are your thoughts on how somebody can move on from a trauma, whether it's recent, whether it's from childhood? Yeah. And I would be interested, maybe less so in your past, Hal, and maybe more what's going on. And, you know, we don't need to go into this on the episode, but like with your anxiety and what, and your depression, and I've faced those in many cases, I'm wondering if there's either an attachment to either former things that didn't go the way you wanted, maybe recent failures that you're at least defining as a failure or even potential fear for the future, or just, I'm interested in what's creating this. And I'm not actually sure if it actually is trauma, although it, in your case, it, it could be, you know, as for myself recent, and, and I, I will break down the process, but Mm. Even launching Willpower Doesn't Work was traumatic for me because I didn't create the result I wanted. I wanted it to be a New York Times bestseller. I invested all sorts of money into it. I had my identity wrapped up in it. And by the way, our identity is often wrapped up in our goals. And there's yeah. actually nothing wrong with that as long as we're aware that our goals are the thing driving our identity and our behavior. But 
you know, it took me time to actively choose a better meaning for that. And also you can choose meanings for even what you're going through right now, such as the anxiety and depression and choosing the meaning you give to this experience and also thinking about why, why you think it's happening. But as far as the active ways to deal with trauma, there's a quote from Frankel, and many people have said something similar. He says, emotions which are suffering cease to be suffering when you give a clear picture to it. And the way you give a clear picture to something is you turn it into a story or a narration. You turn it into words. So like writing about what happened or writing about what is happening and just writing about turning into a story that this is what's going on in my life right now. Or this is what happened to me five years ago. And then ultimately talking about it to people is one big step. Um, you may actually need specific help depending on what's going on. You know, in your case, I'm not actually, I don't want to prescribe anything because I'm not that type of psychologist. Sure. But I think turning it into a picture and then getting feedback on what's going on. So telling people about it. So if you liked what you heard from Dr. Hardy and want to learn more, check out the rest of the interview between himself and Hal Elrod on the Miracle Morning podcast, episode number 327, Why Your Personality Isn't Permanent with Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Links to that and both their social media are in the show notes below, along with the website for the free 30-day Create Your Future Self course. And believe me, you're going to want to check that out. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share with someone you think might benefit. And until next time, thanks for listening.